Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Grow Through What You Go Through. It's Courtney, as per usual. I'm still laughing that I still kind of stole my intro from another podcast, but that's okay. He doesn't know, so it's, it's fine. It's fine. So I'm kind of sucking lately with recording. I think that it's always true that when an individual makes their hobby into something that they have to do often, that they neglect it or they don't want to do it as much as they once thought they did. And that's kind of how this is for me because I do like to talk about this stuff and I do like to do it at my own pace. So when I feel like I want to record one, I'll do it. But also... I feel like I kind of force myself to do it now, so it's kind of like a task. Sometimes I just want to relax, but once I get into it, just like a, like, for example, another thing that I do every day that is a hobby, but also a habit, is working out. Every day I'm like, I don't want to work out today, but once I get going, I'm great. Like this morning, it was 25 degrees out, and I typically run five miles on on Saturday mornings, and I was like, I'm going to die. I think after the first mile, I was like, I think I'm going to die. It's too cold. I can't do this. But every time I push myself because I know I'm going to end up completing it because that's how my brain works. And then it was perfect. Like I got really warm after a mile and a half. So I took my gloves off and it became a really successful, happy run. So I have to think in that mindset of when I start doing this podcast that I'm going to end up loving doing it. And now I have a cozier space to do it. And the topics are really important to share. So Let's get into it. Enough of my rant. So, I was thinking about this this past week, but probably most likely this past month because I've kind of been talking about it in my own therapy sessions. About, I know that last week, week I kind of was talking, or the topic was relationships and building relationships out of dating in this generation. And with that, I have continued to go inward. And there is something that I know that causes some conflict when it comes to me dating. So that's this week's topic, and I kind of want to explain myself, as I typically do, and versus what I see from other people, because there's two different personality traits, I want to call them, that I notice the most, rather than being in the middle of where we all should be. And that is codependency versus hyper-independence. I personally am a hyper-independent person. And, and actually, both of these personality traits are deemed unhealthy. If you looked into the research, I know that I'm going to use Google for the definitions, but I can also give real-life examples for both. And I won't, count, I won't call anybody out in this one because... These are some things that definitely stem from our childhood trauma and from our parents that have become our own personality traits that we have to work through if we want to. Some people might really rely on these personality traits, and that's okay too. But from a professional and mental health perspective, they're both really unhealthy, and sometimes it is worth to just check in on them and see what triggers them to come out more or what parts of you are morphed from these two. But I'll start with the codependency definition. So codependency and codependency in a relationship is excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner. It's very unhealthy and it's extreme need for approval and recognition 
from anybody that you have a relationship with, friendship, parent, relationship, uh, mo- uh, romantic relationship. And typically a person has a sense of guilt when they're asserting themselves, like when they are putting themselves towards someone, like they feel guilty when they finally stand up for themselves because, or sometimes they don't even do that because they're relying on the other people around them, right? So a codependent, some examples that I can really think of are actually a ton of people in my life, and it doesn't have to be just, because when you think of dependency or codependency, it's really relying on another person. So that, for example, like when you're a kid, you do have to rely on, like you do become dependent on your parents because they're the ones that are taking care of you. But this one, this goes beyond, and this is relying on those significant people that you have made your person, that you can't live without them, that everything that they do, you do, that you want them to make your decisions for you, can't make an assi- a decision without that person, can't live without that person. If you get separated, you feel abandonment, and you lose your mind. And this develops because of that childhood relationship with a parent that perhaps there's some reliance on both ends when it comes to a parent, especially a lot of it happens with single parents too, that they rely on their kid as much as the kid relies on them. And that it doesn't have to just be love or things, but it can also be financial codependency, like relying on an individual to keep up with the income that you need for the cost of living. And this is where a lot of domestic situations lie, that a lot of finances are better when there's more than one person that's providing for a home. So sometimes people get caught up in the fact that they're married or they're with somebody that may be abusive, but that they need to rely on them in order to take care of their kids or have a house over their head. And they don't know of the resources that exist out there of situations and shelters and and people in programs and agencies that can help them out of that situation, but they're so trapped in what they've been through and where they've been through and needs for survival, they rely on that person. So there's all different forms. <clears throat> Excuse me. The ones that I see <clears throat> on a regular basis are a lot of people with people-pleasing tendencies. And this comes, this stems from codependency, from childhood or trauma and not wanting anyone to view you in a certain way so you want to make sure that you follow whatever they say and agree with them and you're you're basically kind of impressionable you in any situation no matter if you even form your own opinions or not you're like yeah yeah yeah, you're absolutely right I'm here for you I'm gonna do what you say and then Sometimes there's some guilt afterwards because you're like, wait, I actually don't believe in that or I don't know why I said that. I just wanted that to go away. I didn't want to have conflict or confrontation. Or as a person that has been so harmed by codependency, they might actually start being so impressionable that they believe what the other person that they rely on is what they're saying. Or in general, like it could be your boss. And instead of disagreeing, you're like 100%, like you're right. And not even think past that point, even though, and then sometimes people don't even go inward to figure out their values to understand that they do think differently than those people around them. Some people are so embedded in this that they don't even form their own opinions. And there's been a lot of people 
in and out of my life that have shown this to me in the different formats. I've seen some of my family members, some of my friends that rely on another person because of for money management or like their parents because of how stern they are that you can't think other than me like you're this family kind of manipulating them into believing the family values that aren't really good or healthy especially in a new generation I've seen people that are you know like I said it stems from trauma so they feel that they have to have those opinions and thoughts in order to keep their safe people in their life I've noticed that some of my friends ex-boyfriends won't form their own opinion whatsoever like they think that they have to be just like their brother or and and do the exact same job and think the exact same way or they their his family or his parents were like no you have to be this way and that he truly believed that or his friends are like nope you have to do this and he just follows the lead of everyone in front of him and it makes you look not very smart to be honest like it makes you look from my opinion like this is my opinion I'm not saying that this that everybody that has a form of codependency is ignorant or unintelligent it's just from face value what that looks like like are you sure that this is your own opinion or are you just following their lead like I actually feel bad for people like this because I want to ask them why and sometimes they don't know and I think that it's like I'm going to repeat this over and over again it's so important to look inward because where is that coming from and again therapeutic brain social work brain I always want to know why somebody is the way that they are, what, where their journey had led them to, why. I just have a lot of curiosities, and I try to explain this, like, my judgments, because I can sound like I know for a fact I can sound very judgmental and rude, and I can, it looks like I'm talking down to somebody, but for me, when I'm forming judgment, I do actually take a while to form that judgment or my own opinion because I'm looking into the idea of where is this coming from and it's out of care like I actually almost feel bad for people that can't have an open mind or think outside of the box and I can talk when I get to my personality trait in this episode I also do the same thing like it's just from what we've experienced and how we get to where we are if that makes sense and I have a hard time understanding people on this side of the spectrum because I'm the complete opposite side so I tend to fixate on codependency more so because I like to avoid what I'm dealing with and wanting to fix that as anyone would right and more examples of codependency is they're afraid like anyone's afraid to be wrong and that's what I'm speaking on that everyone's kind of afraid of formulating their own thoughts or opinions, especially whether it's the safe people around them that they want to be like, they don't want to let anyone down. This this can a lot this a lot of this can stem from a parent being like, "You're better than this." Like, "I've raised you better than this." Like the force of habits and opinions, and like if, for example, you went out with your friends as a teenager, you were people pleasing your friends. If you were peer pressured into like smoking or drinking, and then you come back home into an environment where your parents had lectured you forever and saying you whatever and then you go into this deep depression because you don't know where you stand like did you do, like did you actually do the wrong thing because you wanted to do what, what your friends were doing even if you didn't want to but did you not want to because your parents had, had put it in your brain that that's not you and that's just that's a conflict in being a teenager and 
in that form of development is figuring out your own stuff. And that can be really difficult because of the backgrounds that we have. They, people that are also codependent, look for their own approval. Like, they question every single move that they make in life. Like, I could wake up tomorrow and be like, should I wear this or this? And I would go based off of what someone else said. Like, oh, you could only wear this. And then someone that is codependent would be like, absolutely, and throw out something, even though they might have liked the first option, but they didn't want to formulate their opinion, and they trust their friends, and they go forward from there. Or they break up with someone because their mom and dad didn't approve. Even if the situation or the reasons that they didn't like him or or her or they – were th- from a different background. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, there's a pattern that can really lead a codependent person off the rails. Another purchase per- person in my life that I've known has dealt with this, as I won't, I won't say who, but it's definitely a family member, and they had become codependent on someone taking care of them their whole life, and that can come from being babied. That can come from a helicopter parent of that someone is taking care of them at all places and knowing that, they're not going to get in trouble if they make mistakes or they drop out of school and then they eventually go into an adulthood where they start finding men to latch on to or women to latch on to and becoming codependent on someone else taking care of them forever without trying to make a living for themselves or being alone. Like they, they were too afraid to be alone. So they have somebody. So they went for their parents to another boyfriend to a boyfriend. You know, those people that are constantly dating, that's codependency. Like, they were so babied that they kind of, in a form, this one form of it can become really selfish and only rely on somebody to take care of them because they're too afraid to take care of themselves or they weren't raised that way. Like, they were, they're looking for that next person to be their parent. And as someone on the opposite of that, it's a really difficult place to be in because, like, then you also feel trapped with that codependent person and that you can't ever leave them because then they, they, they literally can't be alone and then you feel responsible. It's a it's something that I've noticed in a lot of people in my life, like the consistent or the constant dating of somebody or needing someone to be there because they're afraid to be alone. And those come from all angles of the place. It can be to having some having no one in your childhood that you become codependent in relationships because you always want somebody there now because you know what loss looks like or because you were babied and that you want to continue being babied. There's different forms of that too. Um, and then I wanted to, that one's a little bit easier to talk through because it's not something that I endure. That is something that I've noticed from different people in my life, but as it comes to me, I don't think this will shock anyone ever of where I come from on the opposite end of this personality trait spectrum is that I'm the hyper-independent person. Um, It's also unhealthy. And what hyper-independence looks like is someone that doesn't trust enough, forces themselves to do everything on their own, struggles with trusting others, parentification, and what that means is needing to parent the parent. Like there's like role reversal back in childhood, creating hyper-independence because you become the one in charge when you're developing. <laughs> I, and then there's the protection from abandonment or being let down, 
and you're really anxious to upset anyone from so so you like you just don't want to ask for help my childhood is very interesting and I know I talk about it in most of these episodes a lot of and it's unfortunate because I do remember the good times and like I'm not saying my childhood was ever terrible but I notice where I develop these personality traits or how I have become the way that I am and it really messes with my adult journey and I've been working on it clearly as for me, my hyper-independence, there was, like, I, it's almost weird because I had a little bit of codependency because when I was really little, I got really close to, like, my aunt uncle and my grandfather, my grandma, and they took care of me. And I was mostly with them, but then my grandfather had passed away and my aunt uncle had moved, so it was just me and my sister and my mom, and I had to kind of... He, and it's not anyone's fault. I think this happens with anybody that has a single parent. Like, that parent has to work to take care of you, right? Or that your parents have to work in order to have a house and things like that. But I kind of, in my own brain, I wasn't forced to, but I had to start taking care of myself. I had to be up on time for myself. I had to get ready by myself and not rely on those people to take care of me at all. And I had, it just, those are the pieces that I remember and as I got older, witnessing my mom, who had more of the codependent relationship, be with men and kind of rely on them to do some a lot of the things. There was, like, times that I saw her be independent, and maybe that's where I learned it a little bit, but that she was with men that w- could help take care of her, and that was something I didn't want. I wanted to make sure that I could always take care of myself because when my sister's dad left, we really struggled because she was dependent on his finances too and then all of a sudden she finds my stepdad and we have more money and it's more financial codependency that they that they're in and I'm like I don't want to rely on anybody because you never know when you can lose it because when my sister's dad left that really scared me knowing that we had less money that we've ever did like having to move in with my grandma and having low income housing and bad cars and not living like my friends like not to compare you can only have what you can have but I wanted to make sure I never had that. I never wanted to rely on anybody for my life ahead of me. I wanted to always be secure. And obviously, first daughter syndrome, like first child syndrome, I was independent and focused and obsessive, compulsive. Like I wanted everything in order and like I was really anxious, yada, yada, yada. And going into the teen years, I really, like preteen, teen, I saw myself really isolate and all of a sudden I was in my brain like a lot of the time taking care of myself. I woke up before my alarm. I woke up before my parents. I would get ready on my own. I never missed school even when I was sick. I wanted to hustle and I wanted to do what I wanted and I feel that I didn't really have that many rules either because I grew up so independent. My mom saw that even from when I was little. I was very focused and mature and What's another word that they always used to say? That I don't know, but she just would trust me. And I think that because she saw what type of kid I was becoming, that she kind of said, oh, she takes care of herself just fine. But that's not it because then I lost a lot of parenting that I needed and that she allowed for me to do everything on my own even though I needed independence, even though it looked like I was independent 
he could have still done that. And that's kind of what left me in the shape of, well, my dad has autism, this his dad has autism. It's like, oh, your mom has these eating disorders, it's great. But she was in a lot of stress when she was, you know, mental health issues that she was coping on herself, as mental illness does, it makes you selfish. So that turned into me relying on my siblings. I would find my own rides, I wouldn't, like, there are so many triggering memories I have of just asking my mom to bring me to school for my birthday by myself. And the, the irritation, the irate that I would get from the pain in my mom's ears at her pain. Like, I would rather walk than have to deal with that conflict of triggering my mom or asking her for anything. Like, even asking what was for dinner was triggering. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. So I just thought my own mom that would do this. I never relied on her. And sometimes I would rely more on my mom. Like, I'll take you home. You'll take care of me. But I would find my own ride. I would pay people to bring me down the freaking street because of other people. And the more that I think about it, my friends who now have too, like their parents had to come pick me. They had to come pick me up. I just wouldn't ask my mom for any help or even my stepdad because he was always with his toys. Even though he would be the helpful one, he wasn't home anymore. So I just kind of would sleep back when I would miss him in the bed. I would take care of him. There was no point. And it's a becomes a personality. I never wanted to ask for help because of my mom's reaction. And I thought that everyone was going to get shamed, that they were going to be mad at me or shame me or, or make me feel shame. I know it, and I know she did the best that she could, and it wasn't entirely her fault that I had such a mental illness. And I'm not saying that every time she would yell at me or say no or things like that, that that's somehow traumatic and I was triggered. So I didn't want that reaction where like I would just not ask or I would do something and like fuck up. I would mess up because I didn't ask for help and then I would get yelled at because like why didn't you do this or why didn't you ask me? I don't fucking know. No idea. Some of the some of the examples of like even though hyper independence is really irritating and difficult there's also some positives that I've experienced because of the way that I am. And I always want to help others and make sure that they don't experience what I experienced, especially for the kids. I don't want them to ever feel like they're them asking for help is a burden. I want them to have that opposite of narcissism and like I want them to be able to feel that it's okay to come and ask and not be codependent and not be hyper independent, that there can be a common ground in order to make sure that they can ask for help when it is necessary and also take care of themselves when it's necessary to help them with their kids. And I had to train that myself too from people at work and I just, and this goes, goes back to me relying on a lot of teachers I had instead or going to them for help when I needed assistance and an adult person that could guide me or my bosses at like Park places like Park City or my bosses in general, I never felt uncomfortable with asking them for help. Like, I would try to figure it out, but I just couldn't put myself in the position. So I did gain momentum a little bit as I got into later high school, early adulthood. And then another thing that I'm very impressed about my hyperindependence is that I'm very financially stable. I don't need anyone to look after me. I know how to figure out things, and if I can't do them myself, I'll do it. I'll take my car to go get it fixed and stuff. I will go 
buy a shovel if I need to shovel my own driveway. Like, those things that I can always, you know, travel the world because of my own money that I, like, I got, that I did. I did everything. Like, I can make dinner. Like, there's things that I have trained myself to do without any assistance. And, like, I do do I do feel comfortable asking my parents for help, too, but I always get that feeling of, like, I'm being so stupid because I didn't really have to. And that's a hard thing to say. Like, I did, but I didn't. And that's a really hard thing for me to say. Like, it, I do sound stupid, and I do, like, I do know when I'm, like, I could Google something or, like, I, but there's just things that you just don't know. I was very book, book smart, not street smart because of not having it. It is difficult for me to, like, talk about. Like, it's difficult to, like, in that moment be like, I didn't have a parent, nor did I really want to learn everything. And, like, there's a different form of, pro, like, hyper-independence. I know some of my friends are that beyond me like they've learned everything on their own because their parents were out of the house or do different things like they just went a little bit further than I did and I didn't do that because it was overwhelming like I had to do a lot for my sibling I had to do a lot to just get by and my for me it was business I wanted to go straight forward didn't want to overly learn things I wanted to learn I wanted to learn and get to where I needed to be but there's still a lot that came from it and the last positive of being hyper-confident is confidence in me. Like, I do feel confident and comfortable in myself that I really went on that journey to be like, damn, I got myself here. Because no one else did, because let me tell you, I even got told not to go to college by my parents, which, like, what? Like, why would I do that? Like, I felt so comfortable in wearing what I wanted to wear, doing what I wanted to do, never really needing to ask my mom and stepdad to do anything because I would just do it. I just knew that I would, like, I was my own lead and I would, I never had, I never was grounded or never was really grounded or anything like that. I just did because it's, like, kind of like, well, you didn't raise me, so I'm going to do what I want. And I was always safe, always mature with it. And it kind of leads me to being condescending as an older person because I think I know everything because I taught myself everything. But that's not the case. That's where I struggle. That is what is a downfall is that, like, I go into – Matter of fact mode, like I go into condescending mode when I argue because it's a trigger for me when anyone thinks against me because I didn't really have guidance and I want to protect myself. And that's the hyper-independence. Like, nope, I'm going to protect my peace, so don't argue with me. I'm going to be defensive until I I can regulate and cool myself down in the moment. Then I actually want to hear what somebody else is saying. There's pros and cons, right? However, going back to the kids, like now that you know both sides of the spectrum, it's really healthy for all of us to be in the middle. So if you're a parent or if you're a teacher, this is where, like, especially in adolescence, especially, like, 10 to, like, 14, this is a really pivotal developmental stage. And this is where I work with. And it's seeing what types of kids are brought to you. Like, did they have a helicopter parent? Did they, are they do they want to go home because they're codependent? Do they feel worries of abandonment? Do they have fear of life? Do they have anxiety? Do they have this? Do they only help themselves do they not rely on friends do they have any friends like this is where you kind of pick up on that and this is where we really have to teach the skills of how to become themselves and not be too reliant on individual on adults but not not need them at all like be too hyper independent like myself because that's not healthy neither way and I think that in the middle it's really important to teach them that without thinking that they're stupid or that they can't do anything by themselves or Shame their parents. Like, it is really hard for me because I do tend to shame parents. And I know that everyone has their own trauma, but it could be worked on together. 
and I wish there was more like I wish that when I was connected to a kid that their parent was automatically my client too and that I could work with them it doesn't go that way so the trauma cycle it's like okay then I'm gonna work with the kids in front of me and I'm gonna end it there like I'm gonna make sure that this is where the cycle ends before it goes beyond just like I did with me like teaching them that it's not healthy to be on your mom's teat as one of my teacher friends had said about some of the kids that everything is done like there's too much codependency on their parent that they can get out of trouble that they can buy everything with $500 that their parents just give to them that they can text their parent in class and have the entitlement to say I'm texting my parent instead of doing what the teacher asks them to do versus the hyper independence that this 13 year old is taking care of herself and her her twin siblings because of what they've experienced that they're hyper independent that they have to take care of themselves since they were like five Matilda style right it's either Veruca no, not, is it Veruca salt yeah Veruca from Willy Wonka I want it now BS and being spoiled being shitty codependent terrible entitlement all the way to the opposite side of and I'm not saying everybody codependent is like that just the format of what I'm referencing and that to the other side, the hyperdependence Matilda, like her family was shit. She had to take care of herself, make herself smart, take care of herself until she was like three. Those are the the complete extremes of everything that I'm mentioning. But like everything else in life, there's a spectrum in it. You can be at any little part of it. And I can give a trillion different examples of those in, in the midst. But right in the middle would be the secure land of rely, like asking for help when you need it, but not relying on the help but not not asking for help because you feel like you have to figure everything out on your own. There's that middle ground. And I wish I had a, a character at the top of my head that I could think of. If you have one, let me know. Like if there's somebody at the, in the middle middle that's like a stable, good character from anywhere that can resemble what I'm trying to get at. So when it comes to all of us, like we're all very hurt and we just have to continue to have that compassionate the you know being compassionate and the empathy for each other and really feel and kind of look inward of why someone is the way that they are like what might have they experienced and I'm not saying that my life is what everyone else could have experienced or if all these examples are the only versions of codependency or hyperindependence like again spectrum for everything but some of the things that I do want to end this podcast with is just skills on how to really work on either form of a character trait or anywhere in the middle or near the middle that or near either side of the spectrum that you want to work on so that you don't keep you have to feel like you need to people please or that you feel like you have to be completely isolated and alone and I would really as any social worker therapist would say is to do the shadow work look inward just like I had to do for these past probably 10 years since I started realizing what I was going through and see where who you are had come from. And is it based off your parents or if it's based off your friends or if it's based off television or if it's based off of blah, 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 blah. Feeling comfortable with yourself and, and understanding what parts of you may need to change before you start dating or you go into it. Like I said before, like I have anxious avoidant attachment because of this. And the hyper-independency, like, once I start dating someone, I'm like, nope, I can't do it. Like, I almost feel like I can't do it or I get too scared or I try to not do it because now I have to, like, think of someone else other than myself. Like, there's moments where I can, I see my, that my independence really deters me 
like thinking about someone relying on me scares me because I'm like, am I going to let them down because I'm going to put my work out before that? And it's just because I've become a little bit self-centered when it comes to the independence piece. Like, no, I don't, I was like, I couldn't rely on anybody. So why would anyone want to rely on me? Like, I'm going to let you down. So I really want to work on that. Like I do have, like every day I go in thinking that I want to be better, that people can rely on me more than I have before. Like I want my friends to be able to rely on me and not make it all about me. And it takes me a minute. Like at first I'm like, nope, can't help you. But then I'm like, no, I can help you. I just get too scared to because then it's like, I'm worried that they wouldn't do the same, but that's not true. Like, they're always going to do the same. I have to learn that people are not like my mom back in when I was a teenager. And also another skill to learn is to become comfortable with boundaries, like setting the boundary of, like, not being too much of a people pleaser and then understanding that you're going to let people down regardless. Like, you're allowed to have your own opinions and set your, those own, own boundaries. It's not always about other people. You have to include yourself, too. And that's for the codependent people. Like, it is okay to set, like, look into yourself and figure out what you need and ask for it and not be afraid to. And, like, you're always going to let somebody down. So as long as you do it with confidence and that you set something, they will come around if they're meant to be in your life. And even if you switch up, like, people are going to be real pissed when you start to have boundaries, when you let them walk all over you or you did everything for them. But then they have to relearn how to respect you and know that your needs matter too. And then the opposite is, like, the hyper-independence, like, becoming confident or becoming comfortable with boundaries of setting that for yourself. Like, that's more for your internal self, like, to not always rely on just you. Like, it's okay to say, hey, can you help me? And make sure that you allow yourself to to not feel like somebody's going to yell at you if you ask for help or that you have to do everything on your own. Another thing to do is self-esteem building. you got to really be comfortable with yourself on on either form because if you start developing your own sense of self in the middle of the spectrum from hyper-independence and codependency, it's like, yeah, if your self-esteem is good, you'll be comfortable with being able to ask. I love that 
and so important and so just makes me feel better after I let the card out. But again, if you have any questions or comments or concerns or you want more about this topic, I can send you all my resources or you can have a discussion. I always love when we have discussions around here so sitting with somebody and having deeper discussions on us personally is helpful. But thank you guys for listening to episode four of season two. I hope that you're having a phenomenal weekend and relaxing. And if you go to Iowa, please be careful in the snow. And have a fabulous, fabulous day.